Well, I was brought up just facing Dublin Castle off Golden Lane. Even though we lived in a tenement, my mother was always very fussy. I never could bring friends over to my house because they might dirty the house. So I got married at 19 and I was determined there was no way I was going into two rooms. We bought this house and I'm here now, 40 years. I was always cleaning, always cleaning. I was fanatical now, I really was. The kids never used my front door until they were about 18. They had to use the back door because I couldn't let them walk on the carpet. That was too much for me to cope with. I hoovered every day, even though nobody walked on it. There was a time when my husband used to go out on a Saturday night and for a long time he'd say to me, uh, why don't you come out and I have too much cleaning to do? And he'd say, but you're already after cleaning the house. But I'd say, well, I have to do it again. Cleaning windows every week, changing net curtains every week and standing up in chairs and when I was pregnant, nearly killing myself. You kind of get a bit of sense, but I didn't get that sense until this horrible thing happened to me. In 1985, I found a lump, so I decided I'd go to the doctor and have myself checked. Straight away, he sent me over to the Richmond Hospital and the mammogram showed up that I had cancer. Oh, I was devastated, absolutely devastated. Like, cancer to me was death because I had an aunt that had breast cancer and died. And frightened, terrified. I wasn't just frightened. I'd never been so frightened in my life. And it's a very lonely, lonely place to be. And you try to put a smile on for people and try to be brave for other people. He told me then that he mightn't have to take all the breasts. And if he had to take it, the usual thing, he would take it. Okay, so... I went into hospital and he didn't take all my breasts and told me that he got all the cancer. And I was a week home and I just wasn't feeling great. I, I wasn't feeling great at all. And I was to go back and get my stitches out. So I went back and I knew the minute he started taking the stitches out. I knew he wasn't being very careful taking them out. And he said to me, I'm very sorry, he said, but I have very bad news for you. And I said... You didn't get it all. And he said, no. And he said, he sent some tissue away to the Matter Hospital to be analysed. And he said, you owe your life, he said, to some technician in the Matter Hospital that picked it up because it was in the docks. And apparently it's very difficult to find. So I was taken back in and I had my breast removed then. I I tried to put it to the back of my head. I tried. I wouldn't look at it for a week, maybe. When I was getting dressed to come home, they told me they were going to send this person up from Reach for Recovery to tell me about a prosthesis. But nobody came. And when I was getting dressed, this young nurse was helping me to get dressed. And she said, where is the prosthesis? And I said, I hadn't got one. And she said, it's a crying shame, she said. For a young woman, she said, like you, she said, to have to, because I was lopsided. 
So she went off and she got a whole load of cotton wool and she shoved it in my bra. And I was trying to hold back the tears. It saddens me even now. The side of the bed I slept on, when Noel put his arm around me, it would just land on that particular part where I had had my breast off. And it was like somebody throwing a bucket of cold water over me. And he was my counsellor. He was my nurse. He was everything. And I remember when he dressed the wound in the mornings and he'd give it a kiss before he'd put the last dressing on it. And always tell me how lovely I looked and how gorgeous I looked and how proud he was of me. And all those things are very important. At, you know, times like that, you need somebody to tell you. Anyway, I decided I'd find out where you go to get this prosthesis. And I was feeling very vulnerable and very low because I had a load of tissue and cotton wool shoved in my bra to kind of give me a bit of a shape. And this young assistant came over and asked me what did I want. And I told her I was there to get a prosthesis. And she wanted to know why I hadn't got a T-shirt that had stripes going across so that they can get the balance of where the prosthesis, you know, to... And I said, I didn't know. Nobody told me. I felt bad enough, but she made me feel ten times worse. And then she proceeded to give me this bra, which was like a harness, and I told her I wasn't going to wear it. It would make you feel deformed. It had that many straps. and Like, I was 39 years of age. I didn't want an old granny's bra. I wanted something that was, that was going to make me feel better, not make me feel worse. And I said to her, there must be diff other bras. And she said, that's what we have. So I shoved it into my own bra and that was it, the prosthesis. And I said, I'll take a chance and see what happens. I, I hated it. It was a reminder to me all the time of what was wrong with me. And I remember one day I was out in the garden and I was pulling up a few weeds. And the kids were, it was a summer's day and the kids were playing. And I had the prosthesis and whatever way I bent down to pull up the weed, the thing fell out and it was on the, the ground. And the kids were all kind of looking and what is that and it was one little one and I could hear her running up the road shouting to our mammy that my boob had fell out you know and I just grabbed it and put it back in and I saw the funny side of that and I kind of then I thought to myself I can't let this do this to me all the time I have to you know this is going to happen I was kind of just getting over that breast when I had to go back for my checkup and he sent me for another mammogram. When I heard him calling Noel into the office, I knew because he didn't do that if it was just a normal checkup. And he called him in and he said, I'm very sorry, he said, I have to tell you this, he said, but uh, there's a tumour in the other breast and I'm afraid he said it'll have to come off. And I remember Noel saying to him, you can't do that to her again. And he said, look it. He said, we're not talking about our breast here. He said, we're talking about our life. And I think that minute put my whole life into a different frame. And I thought, oh my God, am I ever going to see my kids again? So I went and I had the other breast off and he asked me, would I get implants? And I said, Right, I'll get the implants. 
So it was so funny when I came up from the operation. Not funny, but I looked down at myself and I was like Dolly Parton. I really was. And I thought, oh, my God, I can't have these things. These are too big. And I was like, oh, Jesus. And I, I sent for him. I said to the nurse, you have to send for them. I want these things taken out. I can't live with them. And he sat on the side of the bed and he looked at me. He said, "Will you just give me six weeks. And we used to have great fun in the ward. Like I'd be walking around and sometimes people say to me, I don't know how you're, you know, you keep the ward going. And I said, well, sure, look, I'm like Dolly Parton. I'm going around. I can't go out like this. But he was right. In the six weeks, they came down to their flattened size, which I was a bit disappointed. I was very angry in the beginning, very angry. I was disfigured as far as I was concerned. It wasn't me anymore. You kind of have to get used to the different person that looks back at you in the mirror. I looked at life in a different way. It made me much more aware of my kids. I felt the need to hug them more often and I think they thought I was going a bit mad. I had more time to listen to people. Before that, I was too busy. I don't have to be asked twice now to go out. Like, I don't care now if I go away in the places not the way it should be, as long as I get away. The good Lord took something from me, but he gave me something back. And I always look at it like that. He gave me back patience, more tolerance, more time for people. 